All right, uh, we are in an identity crisis in our nation, in, in our culture, our uh, identity crisis. And it's very tied with a sexual identity crisis as well. Over the past several decades, we've been on a sexual uh, uh, revolution, trying to find sexual freedom. And, and now we're reaping the, 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 the benefits of what we've sown in that. And that everything you see in our culture, in the news, etc., that's tied to sexual identity is really tied to our identity as a whole as well. And um, the good news is, the good news is, is the Bible speaks directly to this. We are in Song of Solomon. We've started three weeks ago, Two Become One, a uh, sermon series going through the Song of Solomon, looking at Song of Solomon and, and, and the foundations of a growing marriage. And those of you that are single, uh, I hope you kind of starting to realize that actually the foundations of a growing marriage is actually the foundations of life. Foundation of life. If we, if we're messed up going into marriage, that's it, not. That ain't going to help. <laughs> Getting married, um, we're just going to be even more messed up. We got two messed up people living in the same house. That's all we got. And so, uh, how do we have a growing marriage? The, the ingredient number three that we're going to look at today is makeup. Makeup. How are we made up? How are we made up? And sometimes we 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 use makeup to cover over our makeup, right? And this, this isn't like if you hear this morning, you're like wearing makeup, you're like, oh, great, this is that sermon, right? Yeah, no, 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 figurative, all figurative, all figurative, okay? Uh, and so uh, uh, the, the, the wife in Song of Solomon, the woman in Song of Solomon, she deals with these image and identity issues as well. And so we're taking a look at women's identity this morning. You're like, how are you going to do that as a guy? One, short. <clears throat> Two, stay as tied to the text as possible. All right. So seriously, like 10 minutes, I should be done. Uh, And then uh, we're going to actually bring women up here to speak to you on on that afterwards in a round table. And so we're going to be Song of Solomon, chapter one, starting in verse five. We're going to throw the scriptures up on the screen. Bible app, live version or live event in the Bible app. We also in our app under resources have the Bible app live uh, uh, event and also a Bible there as well. Daughters of Jerusalem. I am dark like the tents of Kedar, yet lovely like the curtains of Solomon. There's something that she likes about herself and doesn't like about herself. She doesn't like the fact that she's dark. All right. And then and she, she gets into more. But she likes the fact that she's like the curtains of Solomon. Now, what does that mean? What are the curtains of Solomon? Well, they're wavy, aren't they? Deep down in the Hebrew, this is what that means. She's all about that base, all about that base, no trouble. It's down in, it's deep down in there. You've got to search real hard for that. She likes the fact that she's shapely. She doesn't like that she's dark, but she likes the fact that she's shapely. Now, in our culture, it's kind of the opposite, right? We 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 our our, our sex standard is golden brown, right? It's better than the 80s, right? Better than the 80s when 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 we went to the tanning beds and it just came out extra crispy. You know, we've, we've set, the, set the dial to dermatologist uh, setting and uh, just was done with that. Now it's more golden brown and uh, airbrush, right? We airbrush all the shape out of us now. And, and so it's opposite. However, something to take home from this is that image issue is nothing new, right? It's nothing new. Three th- this was written 3,000 years ago. She's like, I don't like this about myself. I don't like this about myself. What does she do about it? What does she say about this? She continues. Do not stare at me because I am dark. For the sun has gazed on me. Some of you are like, if only. Right? (laughs) 
My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me a keeper of the vineyards. I have not kept my own vineyard. Their family business was vineyarding. And, and she's, she's, you can feel the angst towards her brothers, right? They made her work out in the vineyard. This was the day and age when, when women worked inside and, and, and cooked and cleaned and etc. And, and that's why white or lightness was, um, was, was more sexy because that meant that they were in the house. They weren't out in the harsh sun. And she doesn't like this about herself and she dwells on this. If we allow it, image issues will snowball. Image issues will snowball. Now, God created us in his image. He breathed the breath of life into all of us, and he created us in his image. Now, for ladies, we're going to highlight three aspects of his image that I I believe really speaks to your heart. One is glorious. Underneath glorious is beauty. Two is holy. Underneath holy is unique. Three is perfection. And underneath perfection is complete. Ladies, don't you want to be beautiful? Unique and complete. Isn't that kind of your heartstrings? Isn't that why, you know, all Cosmo and Shape and Red Book and all those are at the, at the grocery checkout showing you just what beauty and completeness and, and uniqueness looks like? Looks like, right? God made us this, you, not, uh, you know. Translate us whenever I say that because I'm just used to that, to you, because I'm not us in this conversation because I'm not a woman. Jack, I just gave you a sentence there for the, for the next one. Um, so God created us in his image, and, 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 but it's broken, right? It's broken. Through sin, through sexual sin, it all gets broken. We can go into two extremes. One extreme, like, like, uh, uh, like the wife here, is the do-nothing extreme. I'm not beautiful. I'm not unique. And if I were, nobody cares anyway. Uh, I, I'm not complete, so I'm just not going to do anything. I feel worthless. I've been told I'm worthless. I've done things that make me feel worthless, and so I'm just not going to do anything. And the opposite extreme actually is really do everything. Image as an idol. I'm beautiful. I'm unique. I'm 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 complete. And I'm going to let everybody know exactly how beautiful, complete, and unique I am. And I will do anything. Body treatments, surgeries, treating our bodies harshly, makeup, right? Some of you say that's treating your body harshly. Plucking out your eyebrows and eyelids. Like, come on, people. Ouch. Right? Waxing? Why would you ever? Anyway, do everything. Do every. These are two extremes. These are two extremes we can go to, but we have God's image right here in the middle. That is an that 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 is an inside reality that does need to come out. He wants us to let that come out on the outside through action. Now, to illustrate the the, the two extremes a little bit more, maybe something that might might. Um, hit home a little bit better, to do nothing extreme. Let's see if I can pronounce this right. But to do nothing extreme, you know, alfalfa. Right? Alfalfa. Am I saying that right? Wicked? Alphaba. That's right. Emphasis on the wrong syllable, all right? (laughs) Do nothing, right? I'm worthless. I'm not good. I'm not... Do nothing. 
And on the opposite end of the spectrum is Glinda, right? I'm beautiful, I'm unique, I'm complete, and I'll let everybody know it. But there's the middle, God's image. And we're going to struggle in this, right? Two extremes. We're supposed to be in the middle and we feel that tension. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. But Jesus didn't just die for your sins. Jesus died to restore the image that he wanted to give us in the garden. He died for that. And so that inside reality, we've got to preach the gospel of God's image to ourselves. You're going to receive in your email, if we have your email address, uh, a, a, a study guide centered around God's image in you. Spend some time this week preaching the gospel of God's image in you and allow that to become an outside reality. Here's what she did to make that an outside reality. Tell me, you, the one I love. She's talking to Solomon, her husband. Where do you pasture your sheep? Either this is before he was a king and his family business was shepherding after the line of David, or it was a euphemism metaphor for uh, a king being the shepherd. Where do you let them rest at noon? What do we do at noon? We eat lunch, right? What's she doing? It's a, it's a playful ask for a rendezvous at lunch. Where are you going to be at lunch time? Because I want to come see you. She, look, she just talked about her image issue. Now what is she doing? She's pursuing her husband. She doesn't let her image issue become an excuse to not pursue her husband. She allows the inside reality to come out in outward action. Because what can we do? We can shut down because of the image issues. She says, why should I be like the one who veils herself beside the flocks of your companions? And she's like, please tell me where you're going to be. Otherwise, I'm going to have to veil myself and I'll look like a prostitute. And nobody wants that. Do, do, do we, dear? Right? So she wants to meet him for a lunchtime rendezvous. Nice little picnic, little basket, little blanket. While the sheep are grazing, they're going to eat, 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 eat lunch. And connotation is that they have some dessert after lunch. It'd be a little bit bad, right? With the sheep all grazing around there. <laughs> she pursues her husband despite the image issues. So what, what are we going to do with the image issues? We're going to do nothing. We're going to go to an extreme, the other extreme, and do everything. We're going to preach the gospel of God's image to ourselves, And say he has assigned, no, he has given us intrinsic value, not assigned value. I'm doing a lot of study in a book called um, Intimacy Ignited. It's uh, 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 two two couples that wrote this book and they go tra- travel around doing conferences and, 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 and essentially it's, it's they break down the Song of Solomon in, in a practical way for married people. And at one of these conferences, the, the two ladies that wrote, wrote the book, um, they were standing around with a group of ladies, you know, complaining about image issues. And they turned around. And there was a lady sitting there in a wheelchair with no arms and no legs. And at that time, they felt, you know, about that small, right? And um, instead of chastising them for being shallow, she wheeled right up and joined in the conversation. Ultimately, at the end of the conversation, the lady in the wheelchair says this. 
I think most husbands pick up on the insecurities of their wives. We are always saying something negative about how we look, and this causes our husbands to focus on the negative. So focus on what I like. So I focus on what I like about my body, and this causes, causes my husband to see the positive as well. What are we going to focus on? Doing nothing? Making our image an idol? Or God's image that is in us? Ladies, You're going to preach this message to yourself. As the psalmist says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. How do you treat, how do you steward a body, an image that's fearfully and wonderfully made? Fellas, husbands, singles, how do you treat somebody that's fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image? Guys, we'll get to your response next week. But what can you do this week to make her feel fearfully and wonderfully made? We're going to have a reflection song and then we're going to pull some ladies up here. They're either willing or kicking or screaming. I don't know. We'll find out. To, to, to talk about the struggle. During this time of reflection, pray. Ask God. What does it mean to be fearfully and wonderfully made? What does it mean to have your image inside of me? And what does it mean to actually live out your image inside of me? And guys, pray, ask, God, how do you want me to help those ladies, wives, girlfriends, whatever, in our life? Serve them and let them know they're fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Let's pray. And Father Lord, I thank you for this time. The fact that you've made us in your image is, is um, staggering. That we get to tap into your glory, your holiness, your, your, your perfection. And, and that is our reality as well, that you created us to be like that. Help that become an outward reality for, for the ladies, yes, but also for the men. We preach the gospel of your image to ourselves. Help us deal with the sin that, 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 that breaks us. Cleanse that. Wash that clean. Do a work. Heal. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So this is Caitlin Youngsma, uh, Courtney Dean, and Amanda Altermatt. Uh, those of you that don't know these three ladies up here. And so thank you for helping. You know, as I was preparing and, and, and planning for this sermon, it's like, okay, uh, how do we do this, right? How, do we, how does a guy uh, preach on women's identity without uh, tomatoes getting involved? <laughs> this is how. So, uh, 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 Caitlin, you're a little bit blind into this, but uh, you did get, I think, some communication beforehand. So, um, what, is, what is being um, created uh, in God's image and being fearfully and wonderfully made? What does that mean to, 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 to you all? To me, it means that um, we were made with a purpose. Like, God created us in our mom's womb, and we're made for something. Um, There's a song that I grew up listening to called Fingerprints of God by Stephen Curtis Chapman, and um, it talks about how we're covered in them. And even though we're grown adults, he's still shaping us and changing us. Kind of like what Courtney was saying, in Psalm 139, I always go back to 
the portion of your fearfully and wonderfully made, but he even talks about in the psalm substance, like he created us from the substance, and then he knows our our inward parts while he was shaping us. And for me, like, that's what I go back to. That's my constant. Because there are struggles, and it's hard on a day-to-day basis, but he knew what he was doing, and he still shapes us as we grow. And I just think that's the constant that whether you're a male or a female, like, you go back to that's what he does, and that's how, how he shapes us. You want to add anything? Um, yeah, they said a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, just that we were made for a reason, and there's a reason why we look the way we do. There's a reason why you know we are who we are. The re- there's a reason why we have the talents that we do, and like everything is, you know, the way that God wanted it to be, and that we have a purpose to fulfill, and that you know who we are is was made exactly to fill that purpose that God has for us. Right. And uh, so, you know, we've got this inward reality, this internal reality that, that we are made in God's image, fearfully and wonderfully made, and for a purpose, and et cetera. But as, as said in the, in the sermon, we've got these two extremes. This, and I use this side of the stage for do, the do-nothing extreme, and this side of the stage for do-everything extreme. So, you know, shoe fits, I don't know, but, you know. <laughs> but how have you struggled against the two extremes? And if you'd be vulnerable enough to say, yeah, this extreme was my struggle or this extreme was my struggle, but you don't have to be or to be vulnerable enough to say that. But, uh, you know, how are these two extremes a struggle and how do you try and keep yourself centered on God's image there? Um, it's, it's a daily struggle, um, if not hourly, if not minutely. Um, <laughs> in the world of women, which... Gentlemen, you probably kind of already know this. We live in a world of comparison. And um, I feel like that's the battle that um, most women fight is the, the battle of comparison. And to just know that, like, we're all in it together. And to know that most of the time on, a, on just a heart-to-heart level, we probably are struggling with the same things, even though they might be different avenues of struggle. Um, so I think that's a battle, you know, uh, you want to always, like for me, for me growing up, um, my sister was, everything she touched, she was golden at. Like everything <laughs> she touched, she was golden at. And so I always kind of felt like there was this standard that I needed to like judge myself with her. She's a great person to judge myself against, but, you know, like, but I struggled with that like growing up. She played college softball, so I played college softball. And there just are, are things, and I don't really struggle with that as much, but that was just kind of like the avenue where it began in life. And I've taken up too much time, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't have said it any better. Right. Like, it's, it's right on point. Yeah, it, it's a struggle. Like, especially nowadays, I don't, for girls my age and younger, it's, it's hard to reach that level of perfection and some people just quit and then some people just try too hard and there's it's really hard to find a nice medium right. yeah i just think our society today i mean just everything in the media and celebrities i mean that i think just today in our society puts even more pressure on 
young girls and teenagers and like there's not for me I don't think there's a lot of good examples out there for girls to follow and so it's really difficult of to find that happy medium of not doing anything but not doing too much so um how has you know the two of you that are married especially you know (laughs) how does being married i'm going to venture out here out on the limb a little too far um how has being married um complicated image issues but how has it also flip side helped well i think for as far as helping like i guess you always have someone that's there that's like you know that's complimenting you and um you know helping you know that you are beautiful and that you you know you mean something to them so i think it helps that to have that person that's always there supporting you and helping you through those things and i guess the complicated part i mean it's just there's always that doubt and worry oh my gosh am i good enough am i gonna am i gonna make him happy for the rest of his life or is you know just am i gonna be you know good enough basically right right, right. um he does a wonderful job of complimenting like kind of like Caitlin said um, I could literally look like a sloth <laughs> which some days I probably do and he would never say a word about it so he does a great job like harboring that side of like th- I'm sure the things he thinks but he doesn't go there which I'm thankful for um, but yeah <laughs> I should probably stop there. <laughs> but yes, he mar- marriage. It's I will the same sentiments as what Kaylin said, basically. Uh, Courtney, let me let me throw you a question out of the left field um, about marriage. But no, no, um, we can set guys up or single ladies can set guys up as their savior, image wise. Okay. Um, how, how do you try and defeat that? It's really hard. Because nowadays, I can tell you how many friends I've seen. Like, this is the one. I'm right, going right. to marry him. And, right. like, he's going to be the one. He's my knight in shining armor. And um, it just it hasn't worked out. And um, for me, my parents raised me as... Um, like, it was okay for me today, but they would prefer if I waited until I had graduated. And um, You sure? I, I thought I heard you say 30, Jimmy. <laughs> I graduated? That's I, his I don't preference. Know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> After I had graduated. And um, I think that, that that helped me personally better. I don't know about anyone else, but it, it helped me grow in my faith enough to where I, I know that my boyfriend or my husband isn't going to be my savior. Um, my savior is God. Right. And it, it's hard for a lot of girls out there that right. don't, don't have that. And when you set a guy up on this pedestal as it's being really your easy savior. It's to fail. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> you're, well, that's where I was headed, was that when you set a guy, a guy up to be Jesus and he's not, it's very disappointing. <laughs> and, and, you know, and that was undertones of what you two were saying as well, um, as, uh, you know, of not setting him up to be Jesus and your savior. 
of rescuing your image. Um, and, 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 and that the gospel is, is that Jesus is the rescuer of the image because he's the one that created to, to begin with. And, um, you know, uh, fathers, you know, that teenage daughters or young daughters, you know, uh, filling that cup of image. Um, you may find that you don't need a shotgun to keep those guys away because she does it pretty good on her own because she's secure in who she is. Uh, not as a human being of an outward beauty, like, you know, the, the, the do too much, but who she is as a child of, of, of God and a child of yours as, as well. And so uh, you may find that you don't need a shotgun um, when he comes to the door because she's done a pretty good job of it herself. So thank you, ladies. You're off the hot seat.